Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Rugby with Pads. This is our week 17 preview show. I know I already did a preview last week in our bumper episode, but I thought with Championship Week approaching, we ought to have another one. What we'll have this week is a little quick uh, rundown of some notable changes that I think you guys should be aware of in your lineups. We'll do a bit of a recap of what happened last week and what's happening in our three major leagues um, in terms of the fancy playoff mix-up. So without further ado, let's begin. Now we ran down some hot players uh, to look for in week 17 in our boom and bust uh, segment last week but I just wanted to do a bit of recap because a lot changes in a week and uh, we've all had a lovely Christmas hopefully and obviously there's a lot going on in the fancy landscape. Um, last week I, I said we should be looking at Jared Goff, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Evan Ingram and Trevor Lawrence and Keenan Allen in week 17 to target and I think that is still true. Um, I, I also said to avoid Miles Sanders, Brandon Ayuk and DK Metcalf and I think on the whole that is true but I'm kind of warming onto uh, Brandon Ayuk. Miles Sanders is is one of those players though I just can't quite make my mind up. Now um, spoiler alert, I made it into the fancy playoffs in my league record. Don't hold your applause, everyone. But uh, it's um, I'm in a bit of a situation where I've ridden Miles Sanders for good and bad throughout the season and even rode out a pretty poor performance over the last couple of weeks to make it into the final. So I've made it there in spite of him. I've, I've had to play him, it feels like, but I'm finally going to drop him. And I would recommend that you guys do too. Ultimately, the Philadelphia Eagles don't really have much to play for. They need one win or or potentially one loss from the Dallas Cowboys to secure the number one seed in the NFC. So that's not much to ask. Are they going to be forcing the ball into Miles Sanders' hands? I don't feel like they are going to be. It doesn't feel like the kind of matchup where I really want to... to target him and, and say yeah you're the player that I really want to take forward here so I would be looking to avoid him even more so if I can I am warming on Brandon Ayuk because I feel like even though he wasn't as featured in the last game Brock Purdy looked towards George Kitt a little bit he has got a bit of a plus matchup and with Debo still in and out of the mix uh, against Las Vegas I think you're going to see some wide receivers see some targets you're going to see you know, you're going to see them test out Brock Purdy and see what they can do Contrarily, though, you could see them maybe hide Brock Purdy a little bit, make sure he, he's not going to harm his stock um, by throwing a load of interceptions. But in my opinion, he's got enough mental fortitude to survive a couple of interceptions, which means I think he's going to be able to throw it. He's going to want to show what he's got as a seventh-round pick. He he needs to you know, increase his stock anyway. I think he has done already, and he could be a Super Bowl contender for all we know. So, um, yeah, I, I'd be looking out for Brando if you have to start him. And I think the, there's the good signs with... Um, Tyler Lockett trending to come back into the game. Yes, he's going up against the Jets and his foil is DK Metcalf. My DK Metcalf was a void. But again, I'm playing him in a couple of places because I feel like the Jets' defence, once vaunted, it hasn't been playing up to their highest standard as, as much. So maybe I'm warming on, on DK Metcalf a little bit. Yes, he's got boom and bust capability. Yes, he's probably going to get marked out of the game a little bit by um, Source Gardner. But... The Jets haven't been as strong on their turnovers recently because their defensive line hasn't really had the push that they need to make sure that the, the cornerbacks can get those those quick outs and, and, and track those runs. And DK Metcalf is, love him or hate him, he's a freak of nature and he is a fantastic football player. So he's someone that I would still 
possibly consider playing and in a game where they have to go for it you're not going to get penalized for interceptions as a wide receiver you're going to get penalized for not playing and he is going to be played a lot he's going to be on the field a huge amount so I can really see him um, having a decent game against New York who are just in a bit of free fall now elsewhere you might be thinking about the playoff picture and how it affects week 17 now traditionally when there was 16 games uh, sorry it's a 16 game season no it's a 17 game season there was 17 weeks anyway the last week was always a bit of a write-off which is why we always say Never let friends play uh, fancy football in the last week of the, the uh, last week of the regular season. Typically, that was week seventeen before when things were a bit you know more uh, cut and dry, and things had probably ironed themselves out by then. I think the change to an eighteen week slash seventeen game season has improved things, but there are a couple of things to consider in your lineups. Now, the one I'm going to target here is Tennessee. The way it's worked out in the AFC South. Tennessee don't have to win this game to secure the, um, the 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 title in the AFC South. They're going to be focusing on next week, which is a matchup against the Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars, winner take all, basically in that division. So we're, we're trending to see a lot of the Tennessee players on Thursday night probably not playing. They're going to rest them. It's a short week for them, and they're going to be resting them to go after that Jacksonville Jaguars game. Jacksonville Jaguars have to chase. To, to meet to meet them and they're going to probably win against Houston so again I would ta- target Jacksonville as a plus matchup but Tennessee I think is in an even worse position against Dallas Dallas who need to win they need to do really well to, to you know, chip away at the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles I don't feel like the Tennessee Titans are really going to go for it and I think Mike Vrabel having dealt with so many injuries in the past knows how to manage a team so I would have a big amber warning over Derek Henry, if I were you. Um, I'm facing him in the championship final. I am not particularly worried by him because I don't feel like he's going to get nearly as much volume. I think they're going to spread the ball around and they're going to want to avoid injuries. Elsewhere, Arizona, obviously the quarterback situation is dire there. Um, they are probably going to be the next ones to fire a head coach. Spoiler alert for the, for the Broncos recap there. Um yeah, I'm not feeling any of the um, the wide receivers, and it was shown last week with D Hop getting 10, 10 targets for one reception and four yards. Trace McSorley isn't the answer. I don't know what they're going to do there, and as as much as I would say target Atlanta's defense, I can't say it. And I am dropping D Hop in a couple of finals that I've been. So you know, I advise you maybe look and consider and do the same. Elsewhere, not much has changed. I do feel like Denver might have that. You know, just fired your coach uplift, but I don't know whether it's going to be with Russ or Brett Rippon. Wait and see. And as much as I said Tyreek Hill was a lock, Miami is probably going to be playing uh, Teddy Bridgewater this next week. So are you going to be seeing as much Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as we once saw? Or are they going to stick to the run game? I'd probably lean to the run game, especially against New England, who do have decent cornerbacks. Yeah, they're not good cornerbacks on Jalen Waddle and Tyreek's level, but still, it's something worth looking at. Indianapolis Colts were pretty much out of it anyway, um, but they do have a decent defense, so be wary in New York. And elsewhere, I can't really see much changing in the landscape other than I would just watch out on whether Baltimore are going to be playing Lamar Jackson or not. 
Tyler Huntley's been fa- fine. I think fine is is is, is okay in relief, um, but they are want, going to want to go for that uh, AFC North title, or not AFC North title, AFC North playoff berth. I think uh, the Bengals have pretty much locked it up, but it's very close up there at the top. So are they going to go all out in Pittsburgh? Are they going to protect him until Week 18? We shall see. Um, but aside from that, I think you're you're going to be playing your players that you you know you want to play. Um, you've <laughs> that sounds really weird, but the ones we we've kind of leaned on um, throughout the last few weeks, I think it's it's be an interesting look to see if Baker Mayfield does something against Los Angeles. Um, sorry, the Chargers, both Los Angeles, um, at a kind of semi home game. Whether he you know, continues that form that we saw last week against the Broncos. Um, the, the Chargers have a good defense based on last week's performance, but they were playing um, an abjectly poor opponent in um, Nick Foles. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think Baker Mayfield may be worth a look there. And finally, in Buffalo, I can't really tell what's going to go on in that game. Buffalo and Cincinnati. Something inside me tells me that it's not going to be a James Cook game. James Cook was had a fantastic game and I, I said he's been a fantastic waiver wire pickup for the last few weeks and um, I played him in a game and I was impressed by him. But what I was also impressed by was the fact that um, Devin Singletree also got over 100 yards and both of them only got that many yards based off one or two really long plays. I need to go back and look at the footage. But it definitely seemed like it was weighted to a single play and which is why they got that yardage and on all those points so I would be wary of the run game in Buffalo especially against Cincinnati who have been okay against the run so that's your rundown anyway um those were your thought my thoughts uh, across the um uh, across the league this week let's jump into what should be the feature content of this week's episode we've got our first uh, award ceremony and uh just like the fans, uh, just like the regular season awards, the um, NFL awards, we do it just before the NFL final, the Super Bowl. We're going to be doing it just before the, you know, hopefully is your uh, fancy Super Bowl. Without further ado, let's get on in and uh, cue the ceremony lights. Well, this is a little bit different, isn't it? We've uh, got a nice little bed going on in the track here. Let's get on with this then. So, um, as we have in the NFL Awards, we are going to be having our first annual Rugby with Pads Awards. I might think of something cleverer to say about it, but this is the first annual Rugby with Pads uh, season awards. We are going to start out with um, some good awards and... Just like we have in the Oscars and other ceremonies, we're going to have a little bit of a break for what is the equivalent of the, uh, you know, to the Oscars, they have the Razzies. We're going to be looking at some some poor form awards, let's put it that way, and so some uh, disgraceful awards that you don't really want to win, but it's all in jest anyway. And then we will get to the main event, which is our final awards, our Rookie of the Year, Fancy Offensive Player of the Year, and of course, the Fancy MVP. With that all said then, let's start the night with our first award, the team that everyone wants a piece of. Now, this is where I started my thinking when I was looking to do these awards, and obviously these awards are incredibly biased, we have not got a panel of peers to review this or anything like that, these are my personal opinions, feel free to to argue about them and let me know what you would have done differently. But uh, the team that everyone wants a piece of, the the offence that everyone thought was going to be great and you know, we, we struggled to, to get 
enough players in there and uh, there's a number of different choices we have uh, the Dolphins made the short list uh, obviously with their wide receivers and early season tour before he kept getting hit in the head that was rough rough watching especially as he's, as he's had a third concussion we might not see him again um, this, this season but that's for another episode um, we've got the Chiefs obviously Patrick Mahomes whoever he's throwing to is great Everyone wanted Kelsey, who is in the running and <laughs> the consideration for the 101 spot next season, I would think. We've got the Eagles, who have been consistently good. I think AJ Brown has been brilliant. Um, when they've had uh, Dallas Goddard on there, you want a piece of him. And of course, Jalen Hurts. The Vikings, need I say more, Justin Jefferson, who is definitely going to be the 101 consideration or 101 consensus wide receiver whether he makes it that next year is yet to be seen and then we have some wild cards in the bills obviously we've got josh allen but his cast of characters around him stefan diggs has quietly had a really really good season and occasionally you've had some pop-up of some fantastic running backs as well and not to mention the lions and it is of course going to be the lions it was the dolphins but had uh, Tua remained a bit more healthy, maybe it would have been continued, but everyone wants a piece of Lions, whether it be running back Jamal Williams, um, this last couple of weeks, Jared Goff, Armand Russell Brown, uh, more recently, any of the number of um, tight ends that they keep throwing at you. Zane Zilstra, is it? Breik, oh, Breik Rot, Brock Wright, no one knows their names, but everyone wants a piece of them because they've been so fun to watch and uh, will hopefully continue to be through week 17 and into your fancy playoffs. Well done to the Lions. Next, we'll be moving on to our Rising Star Award, and I think there is only one option for this award. Drum roll, please. And it is, of course, the rookie sensation Christian Watson, who's been fantastic in what was a very dark place for some time in the in the, in the wide receiver room over in Green Bay. He has been fantastic throughout the the tail end of the season, being one of the top scorers in fantasy, and we would love to see what he does next year. Moving focus, let's look at a one-year wonder, or potential one-year wonder. The nominees were vast in this, but you could look at any number of the um, running backs who were drafted low but have overformed uh, this season. But I think there could only be one name really in consideration here. And for me, that name is, of course, Joshua Jacobs from the Raiders. He has been electric this season. But it feels like this might be just one and done. Um, he might well join a number of, one, of running backs who seem to turn it on in their contract year, of which this is now, I think the Raiders having not taken him up on his fifth-year option. We hope the best for him in the future, but we expect it to be a one-year wonder. Next, we'll go on to the player that I feel like this this podcast was the most right about and I feel like there is only one option and we're not going to have a drum roll for this it's of course Austin Eckler Austin Eckler has been fantastic down the stretch he's been consistent as well and he was the player that I was wanting as the 101 throughout the whole preseason whole last postseason offseason for the dawn of time I enjoy playing with him as a um, as a fancy asset and he is a fantastic human being as well go follow him on Twitter he's been brilliant uh, and uh, we wish you all the best Austin Eckler in what will be probably your 
you're getting on a little bit. I think it's coming up to your age 30 season, but you're still putting in those fancy performances. And unlike many of your other peers, you love the sport of kings that is fancy. And sticking with those feel-good vibes, we are going to be looking at our feel-good player of the year. And once again, we're going to dispense with the drums because there is only one option here. And it is, of course, the hip-thrusting, pelvis-moving Jamal Williams. He has been fantastic all season. And we've loved seeing him put in 14 goal line touchdowns he's not done much else but he's been fantastic to watch and if you watched uh, any of hard knocks he's been brilliant and obviously he is part of that brilliant Detroit Lions outfit that we've loved watching that we all want a piece of and hopefully that you got to play Jamal Williams in his heyday in the middle of the season obviously he's tailed off a little bit now but it's been fun rooting for him and he is our feel good player of the year sticking with good vibes down the stretch we move on to our best fancy value now this award was thought about in terms of the outcomes that you got based on where you drafted him and there were a number of players considered here Um, I looked at Jalen Hurts in the sixth round Um, we had Josh Jacobs in the fourth I think many of us were surprised by him but for me there was one standout down the stretch and that is of course Amon Ra St. Brown, ARSB, as a 10th round wide receiver who has put up wide receiver one, one and a half numbers all year round. He is also part of that beautiful story that is the Detroit Lions offense. We are so grateful to have you, Amon Ra, and we were so wrong to doubt you coming out of the draft. Moving through, we also have another semi-value based pick as well, but who is your good player on a bad team? Now, there are a lot of bad teams out there. We could look at the Texans. We could look at the Green Bay Packers at times. Um, we could look at anyone in the lower order. But I think there only is one pick who has really come to his own in the tail end of the season. And that is, of course... Justin Fields. Now, for any of you like me who pivoted off abjectly poor play from the likes of Russell Wilson so I've drafted Russell Wilson all year round thinking he was going to be brilliant going to the Broncos we all did I dumped him early and I went and pivoted for Justin Fields just as he took that turn and he will I will be forever in debt to him of getting me to the fantasy playoffs and of course my first final in the league of record thank you Justin for being a great player on an objectively bad team now we're going to move on to uh, the last of our kind of warm-up awards before we move on into the Razzies. We are going to be looking at the most favourite position. That's a weird way of saying it. My <laughs> my favourite position this year to play. Um, and I've talked a lot about uh, the considerations that you have when you're setting up a league. And I've talked a lot about my uh, abject distaste for the tight end position the fact that it's so top heavy and uh, before I've, I've always considered the running back position to be one of my favorites so I was weighing up a lot this season and I think there was no real option but it to be the wide receiver position yes of course the wide receiver position this year has been fantastic 
you had so many options available to you and even in the last couple of weeks there have been wide receivers coming out and breaking out and being fantastic you even have Jets players who we've wanted to pick up as wide receivers Garrett Wilson has played well um, Elijah Moore in his time as well Corey Davis has had his weeks in there and I'm, that's just talking about the Jets every team has had a fantastic performance from a wide receiver and they've been fancy relevant all year round and I think anyone who's playing in PPR and has really gone for, for those kind of players who pick up a lot of points in, the, in, the, in that style of play you're Oh, you're blessed that you drafted wide receiver early and it has turned it on my head a little bit and I'm even considering next year not drafting a running back in the first round I know I know, I might have to rewrite the rule book when it comes to draft 101 but we shall see right that is the end of our, our warm-up awards our, our good awards let's call them these are the is the awards that you see before the Oscars um, that no one really tunes into um, you know I, I, yeah, we love the cinematography we love the screenplay kind of things but people want to see the best actor but before the best actor comes who's the worst actor so who's we're going to go through our Razzies in a second uh, we'll join you after the break and uh, you will see who we think deserves to be highlighted as being subpar this year. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying having these um, orchestral manoeuvres and uh, intros for this uh, this episode. So um, we're on into our f- fancy Razzies. Yeah, let's let's call it that. Um, so if any of you have followed the Oscars in the past, you've probably seen lots of Razzies go to the likes of Battlefield Earth for John Travolta and uh, some terrible, terrible performances in the Fifty Shades of Grey films. But we're not going to be talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. We're going to be talking a bit black, more black and white today. We're going to be talking about some frustrating, some rubbish and some generally disappointing uh, performances across the season, which, uh, you know what we've got to relive the bad and the good as well so we'll start off with our most frustrating player now there was a lot we could have chosen from here but this is a personal one for me um and i'm going to award it to deandre swift yeah cue the booze and what have you but i looked at deandre swift as being a late end late first round pickup who would you know see you do well for the entire season but unfortunately it has not come to that and he has been incredibly frustrating throughout the season not only because he's uh, been injured a lot as well but when he is on the field he just hasn't really been forming especially when up against Jamal Williams and even when he has been forming he's been disappointing because he's been taking away from Jamal Williams you can't win with him so he is my most frustrating player now last couple of weeks we've talked a lot about boom and bust players and there's a lot on the list here and uh, what I'm going to say is this is more the bust player <laughs> that you're looking at here and the the guy that I'm looking at has actually had a season high in targets and receptions yet has been in consideration of having a really poor season now I, I was I was thinking about how, yeah how could we play this out and are we going to compare them and look at Mike Evans our, our, our nominees Mike Evans Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard but when I really put it down and what you wanted from him and what you expected from him there was only one choice and of course our boom but mainly bust player is of course Mike Evans he is probably 
hurt your fancy team more than uh, anything else and you're probably really disappointed if you did um, draft him in the second round as well he is our yeah it's almost the same as a frustrating player but he's had those weeks where he has been so good and yet so bad the next and you really can't rely upon him I think more recently Miles Sanders would have made the cut in this one well but he hates fancy football so he's not getting uh, included on this list Next, we're going to move on to the player I was most wrong about. And we do have a couple of nominees for this award. We, of course, have Michael Pittman, who I thought was going to be the next coming of Cooper Cup and being the reception monster that he should be. That doesn't work out. We have Travis Kelsey, who is wrong. I was wrong about for different reasons. I thought he would hurt your team, but um, having drafted him in a couple of places myself in the end, having been forced into it just to try it out a little bit, He's not hurt it, and every team that I see with Travis Kelsey in it is doing well. Um, we, of course, have Russell Wilson, who we thought would be fantastic based on the value that uh, they gave up for him. And finally, um, his running mate, Cortland Sutton, a player that I thought would be a league winner. And, of course, there was only one option, and that is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, give it a bow. You've been absolutely terrible this season. Um, so so high, such high hopes. Um, I know he were drafted over uh, and above the sixth and seventh round. Uh, I've seen him go in the third in some places, but uh, you have not performed up to your high billing. And you, you've only just, only just managed to score enough TDs to match the number of toilets in your house. Go and look it up. Let's switch positions a little bit and go from just pure bad vibes to disappointed vibes and this is the injury ruined my season award and there's gonna be no booze for this one because it's just disappointing and cooper cup oh it's so sad to see injured early on in the season on ir hopefully you come back next year to claim back that triple crown which definitely looks like um <laughs> our man justin jefferson is going to be looking to take uh in in the final couple of weeks here but it's such a shame that you know you had such high hopes drafted probably around the 104 mark and the uh, return on investment there not your fault it's been a bad season for the rams all round but we hope you get better mate and uh, we hope that you come back fighting and don't ruin our seasons next year through injury we are going to move on instead to a bad player on a good team. Now, we did the good player on a bad team, and that was won by Justin Fields. I think a round of applause there again, if, you, uh, if you're if you still with us. But the bad player on a good team, there are so many choices. And uh, mix and match that over a little bit more over the last few weeks. But, of course, let, let's start with the obvious. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards I can't even say his name properly. C-E-H. You were so great last year, and I am one of those owners of him in Dynasty who didn't get rid early enough, and uh, he got seen to be overtaken by Jared McKinnon and uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, and, and ultimately put on IR. Um, you have Raheem Mostert in there, and I thought I put Raheem Mostert in there, even though he's been having a couple of good games, because you can't rely upon him when they're looking for replacements for him in Jeff Wilson of all people, and just not playing him how he should be. You're a you're a bad player ultimately because we can't rely upon you week on week out. Yes, you have those spike weeks and maybe you'll win someone a championship in that way. But 
for fantasy, I feel like consistency throughout the season. This is a regular season award, so bear in mind. We'll probably do a re- recap of this in the fantasy playoffs to see who was really the shining light that won you your your leagues. Hopefully, you are going to win your leagues. Um, unless you're playing me, obviously, then I'm going to win. Um, but yeah, Raheem Mostert, yeah, you're definitely on the list. We have as well Marquez Valdez Scantling, and um, yeah, I think that's obvious. Again, another chief, and just really hasn't performed in the way that we would all hope, especially based on the way he was um, he was traded for we have Dawson Knox um, for the Buffalo Bills just inconsistency uh, inconsistency kills kills teams and finally at the tight end position because I could t- I can name all the tight ends to fair um, yeah I might bunk- bucket them all in here but Mike Gesicki um, has been incredibly disappointing based on a wide receiver like performance over the last couple of years he has really not lived up to the expectations and the bad player on a good team goes to All of them. Yay, well done, everybody. Um, <laughs> I couldn't pick one out of uh, any of them to, to highlight and saying this guy is is the worst one. No, you've all disappointed. And there is, should have been many more on this list. But, uh, yeah, don't just because... I think the word of advice from me is just because a team is good doesn't mean all their players are going to be good. And I think these guys are prime indicators of of that and uh you've been warned but we will get warned again next year and we will still make the same mistakes now we're going to go on our final razzie of the year and we are going to go on to what is probably going to be the most obvious award um, if you've been listening to this pod this year it is of course the least favorite position and there were not many nominees for this because I love fancy football and yeah it could have been the kickers and it could have been defense but you know I've been ignoring them all season because they should pick themselves and they should be streamed no matter what but you have probably drafted specifically drafted this position to give you points and give you a chance of winning it is of course the tight end position yeah boos ring out let's let's keep that boo on loop because it has been an awful position. And, and even the top guys yeah, have really not performed. Mark Andrews, disappointing. Kittle, disappointing until week 16. Um, Kelsey has been fantastic, but he's in the only bright spark. Darren Waller, been on injury report all all year. Um, you've got Mike Kosicki, Darius, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higby. Apart from yeah, a week 16 you know, <laughs> playoff um, you know, in, a, in a game that didn't really matter against the Broncos and you weren't playing him anyway, he's been incredibly disappointing. We've talked about this all year round, but it is a position that I would like to see potentially just absorbed into pass catching. And it's something I'm going to be looking at next year in a couple of leagues where we're going to be playing about again. But yeah, tight end for shame, uh, for shame, for shame. Now... Let's get rid of the bad vibes. Let's push them under the carpet. We are going to be moving on to the headline event here. We're going to be looking at our final awards, including Rookie of the Year, Fancy Offensive Player of the Year, and, of course, Fancy MVP. really feel like letting this play out now because i'm really enjoying having this uh so orchestral music behind us uh, once again maybe i should do more of these award ceremonies would anyone be interested in a mid-season award ceremony anyway before we get on to our final three awards of the night i wanted to have a bit of a 
you know, in retrospect kind of thing going on. Now, I teased earlier that I've made it to the, uh, the fantasy playoffs uh, and the, the finals in two of our leagues. In the League of Record that I've spoken about a lot, the guys I've played with for six, six or seven years now. And the, 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 where this league, where this whole podcast started was me trying to chart my path to eventual victory in a, in a league that has escaped me for so many years i'm finally in my first final uh it's gonna be against ed i'm really looking forward to it it looks like it's gonna be a great close game um elsewhere i in the new beginnings the league that we started up for our, our new new guys uh, which is an auto league with a bunch of veterans a bunch of new guys i'm in the finals again against a new opponent we've got a uh, matt um who hasn't joined us on the podcast but hopefully will one day and uh, look forward to hearing from you as well um and in our my sleeper league which is our dynasty league I've mentioned before, it's time for a rebuild, and I did succumb to Caroline this last week. Caroline, well done. Um, she beat me in the toilet bowl um, to secure not the worst spot. I got the worst spot, and I didn't even get the 101 for it because I traded it away earlier this year for Aaron Rodgers, of all people. But you know what? We live by our mistakes, and uh, that will be something I'll be doing next year is a road to redemption, road to rebuild. But I do want to talk about a couple of you know really key matchups because I, I, all this is about matchups it's all about weekly matchups and i wanted to highlight a few performances from some friends of mine who have played fantastic this season and i think an honorable mention goes out to the guys who are playing in new beginnings um matt harry dan you've been fantastic well, well done in your first fantasy season uh, especially to dan who's also taken on the uh, orphaned team in um dynasty and actually made it to the playoffs so well done to you so I wanted to highlight three matchups that I've had this season which have been the best to play against because they've been close, they've, been, they've had a lot of drama to them or they've really shown me something. And I'll start off and we'll go all the way back to week eight and John, he's a fancy veteran. He is in the final of the Dynasty um, playoffs as well. Look for, forward to seeing what he can do there, we'll see if he can get the title for the first time in that league. But it was a humbling performance and it taught me that maybe this year wasn't my year. He beat me by 205 to 98 and I walked in there with such confidence, such, such confidence. Uh, yeah, I was having a, a tough week with buys, but I picked up some good players. I thought, you know, I can make it through this. I did not. He absolutely destroyed me. Derek Henry, Kirk Cousins running through me completely. Travis Etienne having one of those fantastic games that he is he can have. And even Taylor Heineke putting up a touchdown against me. Two touchdowns, in fact, against me. So, uh, yeah, that was a really humbling one. And it showed me, I think that was the, the start of maybe I'm really tanking this season. And uh, I made the effort to, to go and trade away some assets in hopes of getting some draft picks. Elsewhere, the week after in week nine, um, it was at the point where I was establishing myself as doing pretty well in the New Beginnings League, but I came up against Ed. Ed, Ed and I have had a long and storied history. In our league of record, I got up to a position where at one point I was 15 games on the trot I'd beaten them or something silly like that. I, 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 probably the number increases every time I tell the story, but Ed was very disappointed in his performance. But he has since become more of a regular threat to me and in New Beginners League he absolutely surprised me uh, and, and it really was a surprise because I was, I was scheduled to beat that game I had such a such a great team lined up as well um, had cousins I was I was yeah, really hot on uh, on Gino Smith as well but he rode Jalen Hurts and a, a then hot Tyler Heineke Taylor Heineke and a great performance from Tyreek Hill and Ken Walker to beat me by 25 points in a game that I was so close to winning. I just made some of the wrong choices in players like 
Aaron Alan Robinson, Zach Ertz, and uh, and Max Crosby. Even yeah, you know, even he disappointed me that week. I ended up picking up AJ Dillon and it didn't really do anything for me in, in a week where he was playing in relief um, of uh, his um, running mate Aaron Jones in that one. But you know, it hasn't affected me too badly. Uh, Ed didn't make it to the finals in that one. He made it to the finals in the league of record. But great game, and uh, he is likely to uh, come away with a third place trophy in that league. And finally, in the league of record, a league where I was had so much riding on, and I, I really want to win it this year. Um, I played a uh, a very well-known um, player, and it was a, like my closest game of the season. It's of course Boz. Boz and I took uh, one thirty-three to one thirty-four. He beat me um, only just, but it really showed me that I need to double down on this and, and make sure I have enough players to really get me through down the fancy stretch. And this was week thirteen, so it was definitely at that point I was like, "Well, I need one or two more wins to get in," and I did ultimately and made it to the fancy finals. But yeah, you know, it was a real humbling experience losing by one. There's nothing worse than losing by one. I, the, the loss against John by one hundred and five was nothing in comparison to losing <laughs> losing to Boz by one point so well done Boz for that um, ultimate fancy performance this year right that all done let's move on into our final slate of awards and we will start off with the rookie of the year there was a lot of people to choose from and I'm probably going to stick mainly to wide receivers here we of course have Chris Olave who has been fantastic I think consistency has been the name of the game he has been a wide receiver one for the saints um he's not played as a wide receiver fancy wide receiver one but he's been brilliant garrett wilson has had those 30 point games that we love to see those breakouts from our rookies he's been fantastic damian pierce has been reliable maybe less so down the stretch and now he's on ir been disappointing and of course we've got our rising star christian watson so without further ado the rookie of the year is Chris Olave. Well done, Chris. Now, um, I made some jokes in the preseason about him constantly being drafted in the 107, and if you drafted him in the 107 in the rookie draft, you were very happy with how he turned out. Obviously, with he's had a lot of opportunity with uh, Michael Thomas out for the season. He has just been consistent on, and he's one of those players who is a good player on a bad team, and hopefully next year with a, um, a new quarterback potentially we could see him go to new heights and uh, I think if you've got him as a, a fancy asset in your dynasty leagues you are very very happy now let's move on to offensive player of the year now offensive player of the year is is a tricky one because it's just behind MVP and, and to be fair MVP normally goes to a, a quarterback in real life yeah we, we know that so we're going to be focusing on players who are offensive players but not the quarterback position we of course have Stefan Diggs who surprised us with a sneaky good season he's been he's been really good we have Tyreek Hill obvious reasons he's had those amazing amazing burst weeks that we all love and uh, if you played against him you were suffering you were really suffering um, we have Austin Eckler who has been my you know, he's been my 101 pick for a good long time and I've really enjoyed seeing him play so fantastically. We have Josh Jacobs, um, who has, you know, has been outright, has had his best season ever and in a contract year, of course. And of course, we have Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettis, who has been amazing. And if you've got him, you're laughing. But of course, there can only be one winner. and That is...
Austin Eckler. Now, now, uh, hold your applause. For, uh, you know, he's, been, he's been fantastic, but this was a really, really tough decision. And a couple of weeks ago when I wrote this, I had a different name in there. And I switched it around a bit. I had Josh Jacobs, but Josh Jacobs, just at the last, has let us down, just as Austin Eckler has, you know, has has gone up and uh we he's really caught the eye of the voting public i.e me and uh has really really taken to his own so he is our offensive player of the year well done austin eckler now final award of the night we are going to not have too much fanfare we're just going to go straight into it fancy mvp and of course it is littered with quarterbacks we of course have our good player on a bad team justin fields he's been fantastic we've got a potential comeback player of the year award winner in Geno smith who has surprised us all really has we have some great names in cmc who has potentially proven himself to be a 101 pick we've got justin jefferson we've got travis kelsey who has surprised me to no end how valuable he has been and of course jalen hurts who has been so so incredibly consistent for his uh, team and for any of his owners but of course there can only be one winner and that is Jalen Hurts. Well done, Jalen. Um, I think you thoroughly deserve this award. Now, this might be a bit controversial. He was out last week and he hurt a lot of people's chances. But this, as we said, is a regular season award. We might look at this again in a couple of weeks' time and think back and say, well, what what would we have changed? And maybe that's an, that's an episode for another day. But Jalen Hurts throughout the season has been the QB1. He has been fantastic running. He's been fantastic passing. He has been amazing. And I think sometimes art imitates life life imitates art all that fun stuff but he has really lived up to billing in both fancy and real life football so well done to Jalen Hurts you've been fantastic and we love to see how it goes next so that's the end of our ceremony thank you so much for listening um i will do a quick segment on the end uh, take this off and let you know what we're, we're planning in the weeks ahead and then i will let you go well, maybe I'll rephrase that. Letting you go sounds like I'm holding you hostage. Hopefully you're listening to this on your own free will. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening this far. We'll do a quick ending segment and uh, we'll leave you to your week and uh, of the Christmas festivities. It's a real shame this episode, this part of the episode doesn't get its own you know, theme music again. Um, I really enjoyed doing that throughout the uh throughout the fancy awards but um i wanted to just leave you because this is going to be the last episode of the year hopefully this will be going up just before new year's so if you're really bored during the dull period between boxing day and new year's hopefully this will brighten up your day or at least any commute if you've driven home uh from christmas or, or are going to work as well you know um, hopefully you've all had a little bit of a break but i wanted to talk a bit about what i'm planning for next year so this is effectively the end of my fancy season um i will do a bit of an update about how we're doing in the fancy playoffs and and my two finals as well so hopefully you're as invested in it as i am probably not quite as much but you're hopefully you know going to be listening a little bit to see how it's going down and uh, we'll do a bit of a review of that as well and look at who has really shone in the fancy playoffs as well we'll we'll do a bit of an episode there so maybe a, a 15 20 minute episode um in the next couple of weeks i've got a couple of canned episodes as well that i wanted to look at back of, of the last season as well um, that i'm just working on editing um at the moment so we'll release it at some point but as some of you who are listening may know who are close to me uh, i'm expecting uh, another baby coming along soon so we're probably expecting a little less 
content in the next few weeks not only because the fantasy season's ending but because i might have my eyes and arms and hands a little bit elsewhere um going on into january and february but i do want to talk about the future of the pod and i've loved having the feedback from all of you so some of the things that you've said are really great is maybe some of the the content that's a bit more freeform and i really enjoy doing the the interviews the the non-restricted interviews where we're just sitting down and talking about fantasy a little bit and i want to do more stuff like that so already next year we've got a couple of things like that planned for the pre-season so we're going to be doing some content um once once baby is here and i'm relaxed and settled a little bit where we're going to be doing a dynasty summit where we're going to be talking about the future of dynasty and specific to our league i guess a little bit but also looking at some of the rookie prospects and uh what things to look at if you're starting up dynasty what kind of things we can do to make the the game more exciting because it is a long form game you're expecting to play for five ten you know if not more years um in, in these leagues and how do you keep it exciting for players who just don't have that that buy-in like some of us do who are maybe listening to these episodes in the off-season how do you really get the buy-in from other people um, I will also be looking at doing some more structured segments around specific team rebuilds as well so something that I have missed out on this year is taking you as, as hopefully if you're an amateur you're listening to this and hopefully you're picking up some things as well but how do we take you again from from draft all the way through to the season and what things can I do to help you build your squad and what I want to do is some segments where we build teams and you give me some advice and I follow some advice as well um so we'll let I guess I guess it's a listener league type thing well where you get to decide the fate of the league and you guys have some say in and how well we're doing what league we'll do that in we'll leave up to uh up to the off season but we'll do something around that I've also mentioned in Dynasty that I want to have you guys follow a rebuild because I've been reading some content about how to do a rebuild and I've never done it before. This is my second year in Dynasty. I won the first year. I lost terribly, first to worst. Um, It is a real fall off there. But I think it's given me an opportunity to look at my team and say, right, what can we do to rebuild this in... In, in a view that is going to be attractive to, to our listeners and it's going to tell a story then what we want to do is tell stories on this podcast that's what i really want to do what i what is the ultimate goal is to, is to make this this whole thing be more interesting and welcoming to those who don't know it as well as uh, potentially we do um elsewhere I'm, I'm going to be trying to do more i mentioned before i'm going to be doing more interviews with people i'm going to try and get a bit more lined up on that that may mean some weeks i don't do two sets of content um i may be relying on other people uh, to do some bit more content and a bit more writing across this uh john um has expressed a bit of an interest maybe not to do as much content on this but maybe do a bit of write-up on some of the dynasty side of things because he's been really into doing power rankings there and that's something that i, I haven't got a chance to talk about those individual league things and make them specific so maybe we'll do some more stories and bring in some more people around that but also maybe uh, outsource some of the content as well to, to some people who want to join in because this is not a closed shop so if you're interested in in having a say and you know just having your voice heard maybe doing some waiver wire picks if that's something you're really into or looking at some prospects for next season i'd love to hear from you and i'd love to collaborate with any of you listening but you know the the this has been a great first season i've really enjoyed it we're not quite closing the season off but i just wanted to give you an idea of what's ahead but hopefully you'll hear from me in a few weeks when i have of course raised the 
the, the the League of Record crown. That's probably some bad juju uh, already there. But uh, I'm yeah, I, I'm excited no matter what. I've made a final, and that was what my in- ultimate intention was. I would love to win the title, but you know what? This all comes down to the the game you play. And Ed has played a fantastic game this season, so all best luck to him as well, and best of luck to Matt as well in uh, our New Beginnings League. So you hear from me in a couple of weeks on that, and you'll hear from me throughout the off season where we might be trying a couple of different things as mentioned the summit I, I also want to you know I, i've had some feedback from some of you that you would like to see this on youtube and that's something that is very scary to me but i get it so what one might do is start recording this with a camera in my face so we'd have a bit more of a long edit a bit more of a, a non-edited version that can go on on youtube i've been looking at other programs i'm using this episode to try a different editing tool um, where i'm recording um, not using descript which i've been using i'm using garage band and a combination of that and obs just to try some things out but i'm going to be teaching myself that just as a bit of a hobby and to see how it works out as well so maybe we'll see some content in some other places as well but i'll keep you up to date on that one and of course i'm going to get better on the socials it's something that i've not been good at because it feels cringy to me but um <laughs> it's something that I, I want to use to get this out and if you've got something to say and you want to join the podcast and you want to help me out as well join me on socials please um, add me at rugby with pads on instagram and twitter i would love to hear from you i'd love to see a flurry of new ads there probably won't get many but uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from you and of course that is probably the best way to get in touch with me if you don't know me uh, that is because a lot of you listening actually know me which is really nice so thank you so much for everything this has gone so much better this year than i ever could have imagined and i'm really really grateful um as always thank you thank you so much follow me on the socials get in touch with me on email rugbywithpads at gmail.com i would love to hear from you you can submit your thoughts and ideas or you know what give me your alternatives to to who you would have put in uh, in those fancy awards as well and what you would have done differently i would love to hear from you as, as i said this is a bit of an autocracy not a democracy at the moment but i'd love to change that thank you so much again i am spinning out with how many thanks i'm giving I'll leave you there and I will see you once again on the virtual gridiron.